Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Coach's Corner. I'm your host, Robert Imbriali, back for another fun edition. I got to tell you something. Uh, this is really going to be a fun, fun, fun one because I have a guest with me today. And I know how much uh, you know, guys know how much I love having guests on here. And we're going to be talking about uh, a very powerful way. And you might think, well, you know, maybe it isn't as great as you. it's a very powerful way to really attract and convert clients in a way that, uh, you know, some people think it's old-fashioned, some people think it's passe, but I'm going to tell you something, it works, it's worked for me, I've got, uh, when I published my book, I got a lot of clients off of that, and, uh, you know, I really should be publishing more, and, and Mike's probably going to tell me I should be doing that, <laughs> so, Mike Capuzzi is my guest, and if you were at all involved in the Dan Kennedy world of years past, you know him as the copy doodles guy, uh, he's moved along from that, and now he's doing bite-sized books, and he's been doing this now since 2006. Seven and formalized uh, bite-sized books, the company in 2019. But he's been coaching, he's been consulting, he's been working with small business owners, all kinds. And I'm really impressed by uh, some of the business owners that he's worked with, some of the big ones, some of the small ones, and kind of everything in between. It's really fun to, to hear the stories and what a book has done for them. We're going to hear some of those stories today. And without further ado, let's bring Mike on. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Robert, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity. And I, have, I want to share a really quick, can I share a very quick story? Absolutely, let's do it. Let's get started, get right into it. You'll appreciate this. <laughs> okay. So I, I was telling you before we hit the record button, um, I was being interviewed on a gentleman's podcast this morning. He was in the UK. I didn't know him, he didn't, I you know, didn't know him. He asked me to be on his podcast. And um, he, we got talking you know, he was asking about my style of marketing. I go down the direct marketing route, which I know you're a fan of, and talked a lot about that. Obviously, talked about books. Well, we did our conversation. You know, he stops the recording, and then we're just saying our goodbyes. And he goes, I "Remember, he's in the UK." He said, "You know, when you were talking about um, uh, direct response marketing, it reminded me of Dan Kennedy. I'm a huge Dan Kennedy fan." I'm like, "Really?" So then I go and tell him my Dan Kennedy history. And I said, yeah, you know, Dan was the guy that really, Dan and actually Bill Glazer really helped me launch Copy Doodles. He goes, wait, you're the Copy Doodles guy? <laughs> I love it. And then he made the connection. He's yep. like, oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. So That's I, how I knew you, Mike. When, when you first uh, reached out and said, hey, can you come on my show? It's like, oh, Mike Cabuzzi, the Copy Doodles guy. I knew it immediately, right? You got that connection. That's He's the guy to go to if you want to do the Copy Doodles stuff. He's got it. And it's, it's still out there, Robert. We still, uh, we're just 15 16 whatever I, I forget how many years now it's uh, it, how old it is but it's still out there still powerful Wonderful. I want to get started today. Uh, you know, a lot of coaches uh, have trouble with, you know, attracting clients. Uh, you hear that all the time. Man, I'm a great coach. And they are. They are really some some people that are coaching are absolute masters at what they do. But where they fail is in the marketing aspect of it. And I always tell them, you know, what you need to do is you need to audition your talents, right? It's a little bit like you and I know the infomercial world quite well. And it's one of the things you see. If you can demonstrate it on video, then you go to an infomercial. Right then, because you, you want to demonstrate it, it slices, it dices, it chops, whatever. You can demonstrate all of that; it works. Well, coaching isn't any different. People, are like, what are you talking about? Are you nuts, Rob? Did you lose your marbles? I say, no, no, no. Coaching is no different because if you can get up in front of an audience, if you can demonstrate your skill set, if you could live coach one or two people in that audience, they sign up. And I've seen this happen with my my business again and again and again. People say, well, you know, I signed up four people in the last year. I said, well, I could sign up twenty in ninety minutes. 
And they're like, no way, no way. Yeah, just get in front of an audience. And, you know, you can't always get in front of an audience, especially during COVID, right? There's a lot going on. So Mike is the, the creator of a lot of these books. And we're going to talk a lot about uh, using these small, very easy to create, I'm going to say easy to create, but very easy to create books, where it is literally an audition on paper. And when mm. you say, well, you know, it's hard to get clients, it's hard to get clients. Well, if you have something that's marketing you, and allowing you to audition your talents, your skills, your abilities in pap on paper. Some people hire you just because you wrote the book. I got to tell you, it's really, Mike, you've seen this too, right? You, people go, well, you know, Rob, you wrote the book, Motivational Marketing, so you must be the expert. Yeah, I am the expert. Right. Why am I the expert? Because I wrote the book, right? So it, it gives an instant amount of credibility. I remember when I first did the, the Motivational Marketing book, I hadn't even published it yet. And people were already like, well, you wrote the book. You wrote the book. And there it is. Mike's got it in his hand. <laughs> I have a copy. I've got my copy. Yeah. And, and, you know, it gives you instant credibility. And that resulted in a lot of business for me. And, uh, you know, so coaches who are wondering, where do you get the clients from? Where do you get the clients from? The clients need you. There's not a situation that we're not in a time where, you know, the, the clients don't need you. They need you. They have to have uh, your, your talents, your gifts, your skills. You've got to be able to uh, make the connection. And it really is you're, what you're doing is you're putting out there that you're the person with the answers. And what you're doing is you're attracting those people who have the questions. And when you put those two together, it's very easy to sign them up. There's no arm twisting. There's no, let me give you my offer stack. If I, oh, I'm going to give you the coaching session, then I'm going to give you this. And I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have lunch with you and that's worth $20,000, but you're going to get it today for just $4.95. You don't have to play that game. They come to you and they say, do you take American Express is normally what I hear from them. True, Mike? Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still very true, Robert. Now there's, listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers to that onion, right? Um, and we could talk about a lot of those, but without a doubt, um, publishing a book, and I'm talking a real book, we're not talking eBooks here, that could be a variation, but it's not, shouldn't be the, the, the primary mechanism. Um, a real book that you can autograph, that you can mail to someone a copy, that they can get a nice package in the mail. That's what everyone should be thinking about. And yeah, books are still an effective tool for so many different reasons. Um, and uh, yeah, I would, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about this. Okay. Let's go back talking about, because you mentioned eBooks, you brought that topic up. I didn't know we were going to broach that topic, but since we did, I think we need to talk about it. The difference between an eBook and an actual printed book on paper. I know we're killing trees, you know, but what's the difference? Because everyone today is saying, well, I can just do an eBook then. Yeah. Well, and again, there's a lot of definitions of an eBook too, right? There's Kindle books, there's, you know, um, flipbooks, there's PDFs, and, and I'm not poo-pooing them. I use them. I'm sure you use them, but I think, you know, if you're, if you're, one of the benefits of writing and publishing a real book, whether it's, it's a hardcover like your book was, whether it's a paperback book, there's something special about a physical book. I mean, I was kind of joking, but it's real. You know, you can't autograph a PDF. And people will ask you, depending on the situation, to autograph your, their copy of the book, sign it. Um, you know, again, digital books have their place. We use them for our clients, but it's not the main mechanism. There's something special about a print book. There's something, you know, you, the author, should feel proud, you know, when you get your first batch, when you hand them out. I mean, there's just, that, not, that can't be replicated in the digital world. So um, 
I am not a naysayer of digital books. I use them, but if you're going to go through the effort of writing quality content, you should write it in a way that you know it's going to be put together in a real book format, in my opinion. And you're right because, you know, you look at the, the physical book. I think our, our training from Dan Kennedy is, you know, make, make the package as big as possible, right? Uh, and it has the value and you can actually hold something because people pay money. <clears throat> and they want to receive something in return. And when they're just getting a digital download, they go, well, I just gave this guy money, and all I'm getting is what? Some bits? And is there a limit to how many there are? No, there's no limit. You can have billions and billions and billions of copies of that ebook out there. Uh, but when it's a hardcover book uh, or it's printed in paper, it's like it's more, um, it's more limited. You know it's more precious. And it's interesting, Mike, because, you know, you put the book out there, and, you know, I've signed a bunch of books over the years and, and uh, done a lot of that kind of thing. And then what you find is, Years later, people come to you and I still have your book. You know, mm -hmm. I, I still have it. It's still on my bookshelf. So yes. your name is always in yeah. their life somewhere. Uh, they don't forget about you. Well, you know, Robert, not to make this like a Dan Kennedy fanboy episode, but I've got my library over here. Uh, Dan takes up about a rack and a, 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 a row and a half on the one of my bookshelves. I have, I think, every one of his books, some old ones that he has. Um, but here's the key thing. I still go, not only Dan's, but other ones that I have, I go back to them. So to your point, like you read a book and if it's a good quality book, it's not like, oh, I'm done. I, you know, I mean, certain books are that way, but you know, books have a life. So, and if it's written about a topic that people need to go back to, again, that's, uh, you know, one of the, the, the values. And I think taking up real estate in someone's office is kind of cool, but it it's on their desk cool. or in a bookshelf, um, on a book rack. You know, that's kind of neat. I'm waiting By for the way, someone real, to... Real, one, other, one other quick okay. story. Oh, my gosh. And I can find it for you <laughs> if you want to see it offline. There was a video that Mike Koenigs did years ago. Not that long ago. He was at Dan's basement in his house. You know, Dan had the famous basement in his house. And Mike's doing it like a day-long a day interview of Dan. And I saw... I forget where I saw it, but I saw it online. And Dan's standing... And I have been in Dan's basement. I, I've done a consulting day with Dan. And, you know, it's like a library. And anyway, standing in front of his bookshelf, no lie, Robert, one of my books is behind him. Oh, wow. And you can see it. Um, <laughs> it was so cool. As a matter of fact, I took all these screenshots on the live video. I've never used them, like, to brag about it. But he's Mike and, and Dan are standing there, and you can see my book um, behind him. The book, it was the very first book I published called Dream Inc. Um, on his bookshelf. Mike, if you end up on Dan Kennedy's bookshelf, you've made it. Kind of cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. I'm just waiting for the first person to come up to me and say, hey, can you sign, my, sign your ebook? Pull out a Sharpie and sign their phone? I don't know what you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they'd appreciate it's that. just not the same. You know? <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about uh, the creation process, because I know people are hearing this. Oh, Mike, a book. Ugh. I can't write because what we're thinking about is the way it was in high school, right? Uh, I was a little bit different in high school when, when the teacher would say, hey, Rob, write a 500-word uh, essay or, or composition. I think they used to call it back then in, in high school. Um, I would turn in 17 pages. And, you know, it's just one of those kids. Teachers hated it because, like, they gave them extra homework, right? They had to go correct it, read this whole thing. But wow. uh, not everyone's like that. Everyone, you know, some people, they think about writing, and it's like they can barely get an email out sometimes. And, you know, here you are saying, you want me to write a book? How many words? How big? So talk a little bit about that process, because I think that process is going to, uh, you know, help people understand really what's involved here, because right now they may be thinking it's, it's overwhelming. 
And, and do you want me to focus specifically on the small book? Yeah, concept? absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I have an engineering degree by in my from my college days. So I'm good at like looking at things, taking things apart. That's how I created copy doodles, really. I saw how people were doing handwriting on direct mail and stuff. I was like, there's gotta be an easier way. Um, and I reverse engineered and created my own system. Well, I've kind of done the same thing, Robert, with books. You know, I love books. I mean, I love the fact that you've written a real book, you know, hardcover, a lot of pages. But I don't know about you, but you know, as I get older, I now appreciate more succinct, more you know, pithier content. Uh, I'm not looking for a tweet, but I also am not necessarily looking to read a 300 page book because typically I don't get past page 150 and then I'm like distracted. So I came up with this short helpful book concept. I call them shooks. So it stands for short helpful book. And they're books that are meant to be read in about an hour by your ideal reader. And it's not meant to be the A to Z encyclopedia on your topic. It's meant to take a piece of your topic, a narrow slice of it, and really focus it. And this is a great thing for coaches. I mean, they could take a, a slice of their coaching business and really, you know, write a, a, a focused, short, helpful book on that. And Robert, I don't know what motivational marketing was, but a traditional business book is about typically 50, 75, 100,000 words you know, two, three, 400 pages. A shook is about 12 to 15,000 words. So your, your 17 page essay could almost have been a shook. And, you know, um, there are about a hundred pages. So there, you know, I've got a couple here. They're real books. And they sit up nice on your bookshelf, but it's meant to be very non-intimidating. It's meant to really give the reader this, um, the ability to say, I'm going to read it, read it, and then hopefully take the action that's outlined in the book, because these are direct response books. We can talk about that. So a shook is a heck of a lot easier, Robert. I don't know how long it took you to write motivational marketing. Uh, I just interviewed a gentleman on my podcast the other day from, from all, of all places, Tasmania, my first Tasmanian guest. Took him seven years to write his first book. Seven years. Okay, if I would and have told the publisher it's going to take me seven years to write the book, they would have said, <laughs> out of here. Well, it was self-published, right? So you went with the publisher. But it doesn't have to be that way. So, you know, a shorter book, as you can imagine, um, is less time for you to write. It's good for your reader. It's good for you, the author. And, you know, again, a long book, a traditional book has its place. But I tell you what, Robert, I would rather write three 100-page books and have three books out there than one 300-page book these days. Yeah, I agree with you. That, that uh, motivational marketing was uh, 16 chapters, and my promise to the publisher was I would deliver a chapter every Monday for 16 weeks, and that's exactly what I did. And yeah. then it took another year before they did all our editing and formatting and <laughs> printing and everything else that they do on the back end. It took a year to get it out. Uh, so yeah, and it was it was it was a project. It was it was it was a fun project, I think, for a lot of a lot of it. But um, it was a project. And the editing, I think, was the the part that was the hardest for me. So I, like, oh, I got to go back and relook at all my words. I've read that book maybe five times <laughs> just before it yeah. got published. You know, it's a lot of work. Well, you know, and, and if you don't mind me just jumping in there, yeah. Um, again, you know, in my in my world, I would say, you know, motivational marketing is quote a real book, hardcover. You went through a publisher. You, it was like, you know, I don't want to pretend to even know what it's like to give birth, but you gave birth to this thing. Um, 
a shook is a bit different, right? I don't, I always tell my clients, you know, don't focus on perfection, focus, you know, I call it personality, not perfection. You'll never have a perfect book. I'd much rather my clients focus on, you know, helping. I call it helping before selling, helping their intended reader, let their personality come through. Um, don't worry, because you know. So for for our our clients, Robert, we don't even quote edit that editing process that you went where they're moving stuff and you know telling you really how you should write it. That's not the thing we want to do. We want to polish our clients' copy, their manuscript, but really leave it in their voice. Because again, we're not trying to write a, a New York Times bestseller here. We're trying to write a a, a book that's going to help somebody and it gets out there. Because if it doesn't get out there, it's not going to help them help the intended audience. It's very true. And then one of, you know, one of the challenges I ran into with the editing process was they took me out of the book. All the personality was gone. Right. They left the content, but they took yep. me out. This is what I yep. felt anyway. And this is kind of nice because you get to be whoever you want to be. Yeah. You don't charge, have to pull right? yourself out of it. And I think a lot of it, uh, when you look at hiring a coach specifically, uh, it is the personality. The personality has to match. So, you know, it's good that you can put it into, into paper like that, on put it on paper, and let that person feel it. A lot of people read motivational marketing, for instance, and they say, Rob, it's, just, it's exactly like sitting in front of you and having a conversation. Mm. But it was even more so before the editing process. Yeah. So we maintained some of that, but it was even more so that way. So the magic of the small book is like, you know what? You're not going through an editor. You're not, not that stuff's going to be removed. And um, I remember this is Wiley who published his book, and they gave me the uh, the rules, and it was a stack of sheets like this that I had to read to go through the rules, and you can't use she, and you can't use he, and you have to use they. And, and it just went on and on and on. It was like, okay, are there any words left that I can use? You know? <laughs> that was, what, 16, 17 years ago? Yeah. I, mean, geez, yeah. you know, like, I couldn't imagine what it is now, right? Yeah. yeah. I had a friend of mine, he self-published. First of all, he started with digital books. Then we became friends, and uh, then I got him to start doing real printed books. Um, then he went, he said, you know what? I want to do a real publish. Like, I want to work with a publisher, an agent, that, the whole spiel that you probably went through. Mm -hmm. uh, the book took him you know, a year and a half to do. But I remember him telling me, Robert, that he had a great name for the title, but the publisher didn't want to use it. They made him use a different title. And I'm thinking, wow, your book, and they're telling you, you're the author, and they're telling you. Now, and, and of course, they have a, a very scientific formula that they know that that other title was going to outperform. This guy was a very smart marketer, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a more independent streak in me, and I feel like, I mean, I'm, I'm always willing to take advice, but... I know what I want when I'm you know, publishing a shook. And you know, and the other the other piece too is that you're right. They do work on a formula when you go with a traditional publisher, and it has to fit into a certain framework. And that's what that whole thing was about the editing guidelines and stuff. It was all about fitting into a framework. And you know, I didn't have a say on the title on the cover. The title I did, I actually did uh, come up with the title. It was it was in my proposal, so we used the the title mm -hmm. that was in the proposal. And uh, yeah, you do have to fit into a framework. And again, I think that that reflects on your personality. People look at that cover and they go, "Is this Rob or is this not Rob?" You know what I mean? And some people look at it and say, well, it's not, he'd be, be a lot little bolder than that. You know, he probably wouldn't use clouds. And, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like the fact that, you know, you have a lot more editorial control when you're doing your own book. And, and uh, tell me the process of uh, this working with you, because I know you are the person who will guide somebody through this. If they're, if they're sitting there going, Mike, I don't know, you know, writing, I, you know, I, I type with one finger, you know, I'm a hunt and peck kind of person. Uh, is there an easier way to do it than having to sit at a computer and type for hours on end? 
Well, there is. I mean, you know, there's, it's funny you ask that because I was just working on some content and I went back to one of my shooks, the 100 page book and, and pulled out. There's, you know, typically five ways where you can create the content for a book. Um, so, you know, you can write it. I like writing. So writing to me is very easy. So there's writing. There's obviously um, talking a book out now, which is a strategy that you know some people decide they think it's easier. Um, so you can either record a video, do it on your phone, transcribe it. You can take it verbatim, or the better way is to kind of aside it. You still need a writer or some, some somebody to take the spoken word, which is different than the written word, and and turn it into the written word. Um, there's, you know, rehashing content. If, you know, you had published a blog, for example, for years, you could take blog content and turn that into the content. So repurposing content. Um, you can hire a ghostwriter is another example. I mean, Robert, you and I both know some of the world's biggest, most famous business books were not written by the person whose name's on the cover. Um, that's like a little secret. So, you know, ghostwriting is, is an opportunity. Again, not a... Personally, I'm not a big fan of it, but certain people, we're working with a CEO right now of a big company, big, big company. And he's like, listen, I don't have the time. Even though it's a shook, I don't have time. I need help. Um, so, you know, there's, it's not like you have to be sitting there clicking out keys. There's, you know, that to me is, that's an easy thing to figure out. I think the more challenging thing, Robert, especially for, you know, anybody, coaches in particular, is who am I writing to? Who am I trying to attract with this book? What do I want them to do? What do, I, what do I want them to get out of it? Because there does have to be helpful content. What do I want them to do next relative to what you want them to do relative to your own business, your coaching business? Um, you know, and, and really just start thinking about that and focusing more time and energy on that versus how am I going to get it done? Exactly. I mean, I, I've uh, ghostwritten books in the past too. My first marketing Have job you? was uh, working for a, a CEO and he was just so busy, he couldn't get it done. But I told him, I said, we need a book out there and uh, it needs to have your name on it. And I used to write for DM News. I used to write an article every single yes. week in there for him under his name, ghostwritten uh, for him. And I would do press releases and writing books and stuff. And yeah, you know, you just take his voice and got to yep. learn. I actually ghost wrote for Tony Robbins for a while, too. Oh. Uh, I remember you telling voice. me that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, if, if you can capture that voice. And I think one of the things a lot of people miss is like, we're all doing webinars. We're all doing live streams. We're all doing podcasts. It's like we're giving out this content. I mean, I could take one of my podcast episodes, 15, 20 minutes of podcast, hand that to somebody and say, here, transcribe this. Yep. Then we go through an editing process to polish it up, clean it up, and there you go, book done. Yep. Right? Yep, for sure. For sure. Yep. Let's talk about turning it into a marketing tool because it's not just about the help because at the end of every book there is a... Waiting for the Call word. Call to action. Call to action. There we go. CTA. Right. So let's talk about how we transition into that because coaches like, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges we have as a coach is that we're, we are going into this industry. And when I first got started, like, I kid you not, we went into a bar at night and we said, let's go find some people with issues. <laughs> right? And we're just, we're going to coach it. We're going to, we were just so, so in, you know, and we get into that and we say, you know, it's all about giving and giving and giving and being helpful and being loving and, and all the rest of that. And we've got that and we forget about the, oops, somehow I got to get paid. You know, <laughs> landlord's not going to say, you know. Rob, you've been really good this this month. You've been helping so many people. Yeah, don't worry about rent. You know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. 
So we got to get the coaches into a mindset of like, there is a selling process, but it's soft sell. It's more an invitation than actually a sales mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So how do we make that transition? And I know, love it. First books? of all, I love, I love talking to you, Robert, because <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. Well, I think you nailed it on the head, first of all. So I, I you know, when, when I talk to folks that, uh, you know, potential clients, um, and, and, and many of them don't have a marketing background. Um, so when I tell them a shook is a direct response type of book, they're like, what does that mean? And then I go into my, you know, what, what, what does it mean to be direct response? Well, I can tell you right now, Robert, I can go over to my bookshelves over here. I can grab just with my eyes closed, 10 books. And these are nonfiction business books over here. I can grab 10 of them. And I guarantee nine of them will make what I consider a huge mistake in 2022, which is they don't give interested readers a pathway to continue the conversation. Books are conversation starters, especially a shook because it's a one hour conversation, me to you, the reader. And then if a reader's interested, and you know, I'd love to say 100% of the readers are interested in what I have to say, they're not, at least they don't tell me that at least, but those that are, remember Dan Kennedy always says, you can only worry about the people who are interested that you can help. The ones that are interested, if you don't give them a pathway, and it should we give two pathways, Robert, I could talk about that. But if you don't give them a pathway, then shame on you, the author. And a lot of very smart people that you and I both know make that mistake and they continue to make, make, make that mistake. So a direct response book means, listen, the book has good, helpful content, but if you're interested in more, here's the next step. And I literally, all our shooks um, follow a very specific recipe. And the next step chapter is a, is a fundamental chapter in, in, towards the back of the book. So, um, yeah, that's, that's key. So that, that, first and foremost, you have to give interested readers pathways. I'll, I'll be quiet for a second, but I, I do want to talk about the two pathways because I know you'll appreciate them. Yeah, you don't have to be quiet. I'm I'm enjoying this. And <laughs> you're, like you're right on. about one thing. I just want to bring up one point here because, yeah. you know, Dan Kennedy, we're Dan Kennedy students. I've been following him since 1989 and you somewhere around there as well. We've been longtime students of Dan's work. And he always says that if you don't give them the next step, you're doing them a disservice. Although you Absolutely. feel like I'm selling, I'm selling. But if they like the content, they're going to want more. Where exactly. do they go? Right? Yes. You're smacking them across the face. It's like giving them the cupcake, but saying, I mean, you can't have the coffee. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And if you're, you know, the, the days of being a book author, listen, the days of being any kind of entrepreneur, business owner, coach, and quote, hiding um, behind a facade of, you know, I, I just think that's, you know, I, I think those days are gone. Now, listen, I do have personally have, you know, I, I don't do a lot of social media and stuff like that. So I have certain things that I'm just not willing to do or interested in doing, but I'm not necessarily willing to hide and say, well, listen, I'm too good to talk to someone who's written one of my, you know, read one of my books or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a key thing. And the, and the, and the two pathways, just, I'll just go down that route. Before yes, I please do. In our books, um, being a marketing guy, you know, this, there are, there's, Essentially, in my, I believe there's three types of readers when I, they read one of our shooks. There's someone who, in, in, you know, typically the majority is, this is great. I may do something, I may not, but they, you know, you never hear from them. They're just, they're not really ideal clients for you. The other two readers 
are and can do, can be and are, in my opinion. So another reader is someone who says, you know, I really love what Robert has to say in this. Um, I know he's asking me to schedule a call with him, for example, in the book. I'm not ready to do that. So we call that pathway the passive CD. We call it the passive CTA, the passive call to action. So it's for the person who wants more from you, um, but they're not quite ready to take what we call the active call to action, which is the thing we really want people to do. So in my shooks, because we're trying to help others publish a shook, the active call to action is to book a, a, what we call a, strat you know, a strategy call with me. It's a Zoom meeting with me. And we go through some things and we talk. So that's the active call to action. Not everybody's ready to do that. So the passive call to action, and it's not rocket science here, Robert, but the passive call to action is offering some additional content, some content that maybe my book alluded to, but didn't really go deeper on and allow them to go download a bonus chapter or go allow them to download a, a video or a tip sheet. So now we're capturing name and email so we can have follow-up marketing, which by the way, if your book's on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or anywhere else out in the world like that, you don't get those customers' names. So the only way you can get find out who's buying your books on those retailers is to have some sort of call to, you know, passive call to action. So those are the two calls to action we have in every one of our shooks for the most part. I have some authors who uh, only want to have a, a primary one. They're not actually interested in building a database of emails. So, um, but yeah, those are two paths. So as a, a coach, this is what, this is why deep marketing people like you and me, geeks like you and me, Robert, we go deep. You got to think about who your readers are and you know, what do you want them to do and realize you have different readers who are going to be reading your book um, and, and, and provide a pathway for each of them. But Mike, my clients are different. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> I, I have never heard that. Um, never, not once. Huh? Yeah, no. um, <clears throat> it's well, so true. It, it's, it, you know, it's like when you look at it, you have to give people that pathway. I really like the idea of uh, the passive call to action, right? So the passive call to action would be, you know, you've got the book, you know, I have an audio that follows up on this, or maybe there's a workbook, or maybe, you know, I've done a webinar, come watch the webinar, there's, there's that next step that they're going to take. Still not ready to buy, but they're going to take that next step. That right. brings them a little bit closer. It gets them on your email list, and now they're getting your weekly emails, and, uh, you know, you can continue to build a relationship that way. But it is, uh, a book is a powerful uh, relationship builder, just to get mm -hmm. started on it, because when somebody reads a book, they take the time to read a book, they remember you. Yeah. I mean, you see, they come up to you at the seminars. It's like, Rob, I've got your motivational marketing book. It was so wonderful. And they show and they've got all the tags in it and post-it notes all over it. Can you please autograph it? It's like years later. Um, it never goes away, which is really cool because they do, they do see you as the expert. And even though they don't buy right away, you know, at that moment when they're ready, you know, they'll remember your name. Well, you know, so much marketing media does not afford that type of conversation. Now, with technology, YouTube, podcasts, there are longer forms now that can get, you know, really increase that no like, and trust factor. But for years, books were it, right? And there was, a book is like, you know, you can have a fireside chat. I and mean, what, no brochure typically, um, no email campaign typically is gonna, you know, someone's gonna, you know, when I'm, and I haven't started reading this yet, Robert, I just got it, I just found it because it's like such a gem, right? It's not easy to find this book, but it'll end up on the stack next to my bed, right? Because I typically read at night before I fall asleep. 
I mean, think about that. There's no stack of brochures next to my bed. Okay, careful on that one, because that one's going to motivate you. <laughs> you, know, you may not be able to sleep. Get the Whoa, adrenaline there you going. Go. <laughs> That'd be a good testimonial. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the difference. I mean, you know, that's why, a, in my opinion, a book can be so powerful, even in today's uh, business environment. Yeah. And I, I think it stands out now. It, it's a little bit like saying, Hey, direct mail is dead, but you know what I got in the mail today? Nothing. You know what I got in the mail yesterday? I, nothing. What I get the day before one bill, right? There's nothing coming through anymore. And you want to stand out in the crowd. Well, that's a great way to do it. You know, our, our new, this is our new brand. We haven't seen this one, Robert. I no, think it's our old one, but this is the kind of stuff that we send out. This is a box. Um, we send out to client, new clients, and it's got all the, oh, it's got my little picture. Um, but like when this this arrives in someone's mailbox unexpectedly, and there's a lot of cool stuff in here, I won't go into it necessarily. But first of all, this is not that expensive to do. And it's very strategic. Uh, it's got some things in there. Um, but that's to your point, right? It's kind of hard to do that with five PDFs. Well, you can send the five PDFs, but are they going to download them? And, you know, what you have most often is, yeah, I downloaded them, but I have no idea where they are. <laughs> you know? How often do you hear that? <laughs> Listen, I do it all the time still. I mean, I still download stuff, you know, I'm like, and you're right. You're hot at that moment. And then, yeah, you kind of forget about it. Let's talk about working with you because you've got, this is your business. This is what you do. And, and you've certainly piqued my curiosity. And I'm sure a lot of people watching this as well, piqued their curiosity about, uh, you know, what's possible here. If you're interested in doing a book, what's the process? What does it look like to work with you? Yeah. So we, the first key differentiator um, is you work directly with me. Okay. So I've been in the marketing game for over 20 years um, just Google me, you know, excellent reputation. I've, you know, done a lot over the years. And I've, I've decided, Robert, to keep it that way. I, I, you know, I'm at the point in my life where I don't, I've, I've done what I really wanted to do. Now it's like, I want to do what I really just have fun doing on a daily basis, which is working with, you know, smart business owners for the most part, <laughs> uh, ones that aren't pains in the butts um, and helping them help the world by publishing these short books. Um, so you work directly with me. It's a, typically a eight to 12 week process, Robert, it can be faster. Our world record's 23 days from idea to printed book, crazy. Wow. Um, oftentimes it's longer because life gets in the way, but we try to, you know, we have, a, I have a very methodical process. Um, it's step-by-step step to go literally from Mike, I want to write a book on, you know, we figure out the topic, we figure out the, the, the audience. I, I mean, I approach it like a direct, a direct response strategy would approach it. So we, there's a lot of planning before we even begin writing the content, if that's what you have to do versus the other you know, ways we talked about. So um, we do the copy editing, we do the cover to design, we do the interior design. So it's, a, it's an A to Z complete package. Uh, help you with the marketing. I actually wrote a book, Robert. I'm not sure if I gave you a copy, The Magic of Free Books. I don't know if that was in the package I sent you. But it is. Yeah. So I do and, have and it right here. Magic yeah, of Free so Books. The Magic yeah. of Free So that's important, right? Like this is not, and we, I should have said this earlier on, this is not about selling books. I mean, yes, you can sell them on Amazon and on the, online. 
But this well, is about the getting. Distinction, Mike. That is the huge distinction. It is. There. You're not going right. to become the next Stephen King. That's not what we're talking about yeah, here. Right. This is a marketing tool. This is a, yes. in order to build your practice, uh, build your coaching practice. If you're a dentist, if you're a chiropractor, if you're a small business owner, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, Mike, you've run this for so many different businesses. Give us some quick idea and then let's go back into how to work with you uh, of the kinds of businesses that you have worked with and this does work for. Oh, well, listen, um, we, one, so we have, we have, we have two offerings, main street author and worldwide author. We call it, we just updated the name of that too. So main street author are your local business owners, your doctors, your dentists, insurance agents, CPAs, chiropractors, anybody who wants to be what I call five mile famous. So they don't even need their books on Amazon necessarily, Robert, right? They need their books in their, in their office. They need to be giving them out to strategic partners in their community. They need to be just marketing that book at a local level. Very smart, very effective. Um, you know, a worldwide author are people like you and me that have a worldwide audience. They typically are on Amazon and other retailers online. And, um, you know, they're out there getting their book out there everywhere too. And again, yes, you may sell books, but the intention is not to sell books. You're looking for to get that book out there into as many of the right readers' hands as possible. Um, and that's, that is a key differentiation point. Good. So working with you, they start out and yeah. uh, where they contact you, bitesizedbooks.com, is, I guess is the best website. Yeah. Bitesized books with a D, bitesized. Bitesized. Uh, I, I, yeah, I couldn't get bite size. <laughs> I tried to buy it from the guy. He wouldn't sell it to me. Um, so bitesized <clears throat> books. And yeah, there's a link there for a strategy session, Robert. That's a very, I'm not a, a big hardcore closer kind of yeah. guy. It's a conversation, um, you know, but if you're looking to work with a long experienced marketer who's going to really have your best interest at heart, you're not sitting there by yourself, you know, um, wondering what you should well, that's, do next, that's what the, I should write. That's the bonus working with you, right? Because there are a lot of people out there who are saying, we'll help you get your book published, book published. The mechanics of it are not that complicated. You mm -hmm. can figure yeah, them out right. if you wanted you're to. Right. But yes. the truth of the matter is the power yes. really is the strategy beforehand and afterhand, yes. right? The book Thank itself you. is, eh, you know, you can get it done. And, you know, the question is, okay, well, now what do you do with it? Because now I've got, you know, I've got, you know, 2,000 of these sitting in my garage. Now what? Right. <laughs> right. Well, now, the good news nowadays. So my first book I published in 2007, I had 3,000 copies. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I had to get the price down to a certain level. You don't have to worry about these days. So now you're in smaller batches. It's print on demand now. Yep. Yeah, for pretty much. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's the process. And, you know, you know, at the end of two to three months, you have a, a, a book that you can be proud of. We talk about how to use it, and uh, you it's know it's not really cool, just Robert. a book you can be proud of. You have a marketing tool, and I just you can't An lose, asset. You it's can't lose asset. focus on this because this can yes. be used for years to come. Absolutely, right? And it's just it, and you can get it reprinted. You can update it. You can do yes. a version two. You can yeah. and you can build upon it when you see it's working. And I think the most powerful piece, Mike, in, in working with you is the marketing strategy behind it. Yeah. Right. So you're not sure. like you just got this book and you go, OK, what do I do with it now? And a lot of other publishers, they don't know because that's not their expertise. And right. working with you, you know, you've got a Dan Kennedy background, you know, thing, a thing or two about marketing. You're damn right. You do. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the that's definitely the win. Wow. Good stuff today. Anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up here? No, and listen, here's what I, the last thing I would say, Robert, again, and I appreciate it. I, you know, you and I are I, you know, I. I Besides the fact that our last name's in an eval, so we have that behind us, but um, I just appreciate all that you do and how you help coaches and business owners around the world. I would say this, 
Um, you know, if you think writing a book is, if it's a goal of yours and you haven't done it, you should do it, all right? If you haven't really thought much about it, I still think you should do it. There are people, and I'm talking to your audience now, there are people who need and who want and need to hear from you. They need to know that you exist. Um, they may not find you on YouTube. They may not find you on Facebook, but who knows? But if you have this inkling that people really truly want what you have, which I'm sure your folks that are listening do and watching, I really believe a short, helpful book can be such a valuable asset. It's going to help them. It's going to help you. And I would encourage everybody, whether you work with me or not, just do it. Just do it. And uh, you can find my books on Amazon. I give the exact formula for our shook. So you can just go do it from there. If you want my help, reach out to me. Yeah, you can certainly do it yourself. Uh, you know, like I said, it's that's not rocket science to do it. But the the value here in not doing it yourself is the marketing strategy that comes. Uh, you know, the planning strategy beforehand to figure out what the upsell is going to be, what the call to action is going to be, what the soft sell. You know, three different ways to to get them in there, three channels to to move them to the next step, and then the marketing strategy afterwards. I mean, that to me is priceless because you can build, you can double, you can triple the size of your practice uh, pretty quickly doing this the right way. Absolutely. Or you could spend a lot of money and spin your tires and get nothing done if you do it yourself, right? So better to be guided. Uh, coaches know are, are, are right. you know, the reason for us to be alive is what? To help others, right? And how do we do that? Well, we do that one-on-one -on -one coaching, but you can only do so much of that in a day or a week or a month. Wouldn't it be nice if you had a book and 10,000 copies are out in, in you know, circulation? You'd be helping all these other people which is really what we want. And when you get to a point, I always talk about this with the chiropractors. They, they always come to me and they say, yeah, I just want to grow my practice. I want to grow my practice. And I say, but that's not where the money is. And they look at me and they go, what do you mean, Rob? That's not where the money is. That's not where the money is anymore. Three phases. Any business, three phases. Phase one, education phase. You're not getting paid during the education phase, right? What are you doing during the education phase? You're learning. So you're paying them right, to get the knowledge. Phase two is where most people are, which is now I'm taking the knowledge, I'm going out in the marketplace and I'm using it, I'm applying the knowledge. Not only are you applying it, you may be acquiring new knowledge, you're acquiring experience, you're seeing what works, what doesn't work, you're refining that little nugget of knowledge you got from college and now you may be in practice 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. John Gray is a great example of that. He was in a family practice for 10 years. After 10 years, what do you think he did? He wrote a book. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Where's all the money? Is it in private practice or is it in information? <laughs> right? So he became a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, worldwide name. Why? Because he sat in an office back in San Francisco all by himself? And he worked with two people at a time? No, he wrote the book. All of a sudden he's on stage, he's on television, he's here, he's there. That may be your path, that may not be your path. But that book opened up all those doors. If he didn't have that book, those doors would never have opened for him, right? So phase three of any business is when we take our knowledge, our experience, our skills, we package it up in some way where we can sell it over and over and over again. Coaching one-on-one -on -one is great. Coaching groups is great. Speaking at seminars is great. It's even better when your book is out there doing the coaching when you're sleeping or taking a vacation. Yeah, yeah. And, and can I open up one quick can of potential can of worms? Absolutely. Just new, I, I just just quickly, and it, it, it probably could behoove a whole other conversation. But just to what you were saying, Robert. You and I might could speak for hours. You know that, right? Yes. And I don't <laughs> want to go too. I don't want to. But I want to put it out there because go ahead. someone might say, "Oh my gosh, I've got to learn more about this." To the point of what you were saying about creating content 
that can be leveraged over and over again, right? Where you're not doing the trading the dollars for hours. Um, that is that is a great goal to, to reach, right? To be able to, you know, sell courses, sell books, whatever it might be. One of the things that we do for subject matter experts that have that kind of following, Robert, um, is we help them write license, we create licensable books. Books that can be licensed by others in their program to uh, be used quickly and easily. So there's a whole world out there on these this licensable content. And we do it in book format, where if you're a subject matter expert and you have clients or members and they wanna be tied to you, um, uh, you know, licensable books are a very interesting strategy. Very true, Mike. I, you know, I have another friend who does uh, IP stuff and he talks about licensing all the time. It's really, really powerful. And it's a little bit, you know, if you want to write the book and you don't want to have to do anything with it, you could just become a ghostwriter too. There's another opportunity for you. So there's kind of no end to this whole thing. Yep. Mike, I had fun. Robert, I did too. Awesome. Awesome. So bite-sized with a D, sizedbooks.com, or you saw Mike's uh, lower third there, mikecapuzzi.com is another That's website. It, yes. And uh, you can find him there, and there's links to all his stuff. And follow his uh, podcast as Main Street Author. Still? Hasn't been uh, rebranded? Still, just for another week or so. Just then. for another it's week. Gonna, it's yeah. going to get rebranded. I know it's, com it's coming. Something new is coming. I'm excited about that. Uh, I was a guest on his podcast. He's a great interviewer. And kudos to Mike, too, because, you know, you think about someone who writes books. Mike can get up there and speak. He's not afraid to be on camera. He's not afraid to put it out there, get, on, get in front of people and, and share this knowledge and share this information. So I'm going to ask you a favor. If you found that this was valuable. I know we're a little longer than we normally go, but that's okay. If you find this to be valuable, please share it with your friends and followers. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a heart. Um, that helps me. That helps Mike. Get in touch with Mike, bitesizedbooks.com. Fill out the application. If nothing else, just have a conversation with him. It's enlightening. It'll teach you something. I know you're going to learn something just spending time with him and uh, you know, see if this is something that you want to do for your business. Mike, thanks so much for being here today. Robert, thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you all next week.